Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Oh, what a weekend in the NFL that has already been, and we are saving the best for last tonight. The Chiefs, the Eagles, Super Bowl rematch, Super Bowl preview certainly could be. Let's get this party started. Here we go! Only one place to start. And the much-anticipated switching of the quarterback for the New York Jets has taken place as Tim Boyle has run out of the field in place of Zach Wilson. Frustrated, but I get it. When things aren't getting done, changes got to be made, and I understand that. Well, there you go. The moment a lot of Jet fans have been waiting for. Be careful what you wish for. Things aren't getting any better no matter what we do. All right, Greeny with you here. Uh, So many different stories coming out of the NFL from yesterday. We have exactly the right people to dive into them. Rex Ryan and Dominique Foxworth, good enough to hang out after we wrap up, get up this morning. Neek was in uh, today because Ryan Clark and company are all out in Kansas City for the big Monday night game. I feel like you like these Mondays, Neek. I think you like the, you're usually Tuesday, Wednesday. I feel like you like these Mondays. Rex. Rex, Rex. He makes everything so much more fun. (laughs) You never know what's going to come out, but you know it's going to be powerful. But yeah, Monday's also a lot easier because we got so many games to talk about. The one tough thing about Mondays is you can't get in all your opinions because there's... 16 games that we got to talk about and a lot of hot takes, but it's a good time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun this morning, and we we covered a lot of ground, but it did start with the Bills and the Jets yesterday, and so, Rex, let's start with that. that. Dan Orlovsky's primary point was, sure, you can change quarterbacks if you're the Jets, but it isn't going to make anything any better. Their offensive line in particular is so bad, so decimated by injury, in fairness, and their offensive scheme seems so totally overwhelmed that Zach Wilson may or may not be terrible. There's nothing anyone could do back there. I'm sort of summing up his perspective. What is yours? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, Look, there's 14 different offensive linemen the Jets have had this season. All right, seven different offensive line, starting offensive line combinations in 10 games. Are you kidding me? And then we're going to point at the quarterback as the problem? Look, this game was he was a he was abysmal, but so was everybody else. And look at our receivers right there. All right, Zach did not complete a pass to a receiver, and why is that? Because he's terrible? No, because they're getting strapped over there by that team, and including Garrett Wilson. So to me, like, stop! It's not just on the quarterback. It's not going to get better. It never got better in the game, did it? It looked worse. So to me, I mean, you said. Be careful what you wish for. You can replace the kid. Go ahead. For what? At least he's got some ability. All right? And up until this game, three weeks in a row, the, the offense was not scoring, but he did throw for over 240 yards in three straight games. So I, I just think he's he's the least – I mean, well, he's one of the problems, but he's he's certainly not all the dang problems. Yeah, I mean, I, I it feels like we're making excuses for him. He's bad, too. 
Yeah. So, like, it, I think that's the point that we're making is it, it feels kind of hopeless over there offensively. Uh, and to your point, we saw in that uh, the Raiders game that Zach has some incredible ability. Like, he can do some special things that Tim Boyle's not going to be able to do. And I guess that's the argument for putting him out there. But there also is the argument that you just need to change. And you don't have to believe that this that Boyle's going to be better, but you get to a certain point, and it happened last year, where that team was just out on Zach Wilson. And they could be getting close to that point also. And putting somebody new in there could just give them a burst, a jolt, or something. But I think the fact of the matter is – probably over for them we're going to be done talking about the Jets real soon here because they're not going to be in playoff contention I think that's right the the only thing left to talk about well the, the the two points that remain are should Aaron Rodgers even be considering trying to come back to this I have been telling you for weeks suddenly people are reporting this and they're acting like this is news I have literally been telling everyone who would listen for a month that Rodgers has identified the beginning of December as the time he wants to start practicing, and December 24th is the time he would start playing. I have been saying that for a month. So as people report this as though it's news, bear in mind you've been hearing it for a long time. But at this point, Rex, one of the caveats for that is that there has to be something to come back for, something to come back to. And as of yesterday, I have made up my mind as a fan, I don't want him to. I don't want to see him play behind that offensive line. There's no even he can't rescue this thing and make them a championship contender. The best thing to do is wait till next year. That's my opinion. Do you agree? I do. And and look, I was late to late to the party of of this way of thinking because it wasn't too long ago that this team was heading into the bye after beating the Philadelphia Eagles, who have mm-hmm. lost one game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought if they just keep getting a little better each week, especially the quarterback play and all that, well, they haven't. Okay, it's gotten worse. That offensive line's unrecognizable. Um, so, yeah, I would not put Aaron Rodgers behind this kind of offensive line. No way. Yeah, and the defense, the one thing that we thought we could count on from them, that they looked bad this game, too. They've been dominant against the Bills specifically in their last three or four games against them. And then this one, they just kind of got run off the field. And it was even their best players. You see Sauce give up a big play. It's scary. They're in scary hours there in uh, New York right now. But as far as Aaron Rodgers coming back, I was against it from the start. If they were undefeated (laughs) going into the end of December, it just seems like an unnecessary risk for a quarterback with an injury that we rarely see anybody come back that soon from at an age that makes it feel like it's dangerous. I think they have a legitimate chance if they can build up their offensive line for next year, they have a legitimate chance at a run at a Super Bowl. Why jeopardize that now? (laughs) Well, definitely not now with – their record the way it is, but even with a good record, I don't know that you jeopardize Aaron Rodgers behind that offensive line. If you remember, we watched the game together. When he tore it, it was four plays, and all those plays, he was bouncing around and cutting, holding onto the ball, doing things that ultimately cost him his Achilles. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, yes, uh, the, the four plays are what they are. Right. But, but the reality is no one would win behind this offensive no, line. Right. They're done. Yesterday was also the perfect storm. Like, yesterday the Bills could have gone either way. The Bills could have splintered. That, that was The Bills impressed me. Here's why I think the Bills have a shot to do something special as they go into this year's playoffs. Because when you have a team that loses a game the way they did, just hands a game away with 12 men on the field, you got the star brother of the star receiver tweeting all sorts of things, and you fire one of your coordinators yeah. on a short week. That can go one of two ways. Your team can just fall apart completely or – 
They can do what it did yesterday. They looked like they yeah. rallied around that. They looked like they came together. Rex, you would know about that better than any of the rest of us. I was very impressed, and I think they could be a dangerous team down the stretch. Well, it happened one time successfully that I can remember a midseason change or, you know, after late season change for a coordinator. And, Nick, I think you were part of that team, if I'm not mistaken, was with the Baltimore Ravens when they went to Jim Caldwell as the offensive coordinator in place of uh, uh, Cam Cameron. And it worked. It worked to a Super Bowl. So, to me, we've seen it work before. And I never thought it was going to happen. I'll be honest. I did not think it was going to happen. I thought that that team probably would splinter, and it didn't. So we'll see how they are moving forward. But, look, there's no denying the fact this looked like a different offense. And the amazing thing was it was over a short week. Yeah. So a short preparation time, and they still were able to look like this offensively against one of the best defenses in the league. Last week when they fired Ken Dorsey, and it didn't make sense to any of us because of the stats that their offense had put up, the only thing that I kept thinking was, what does Josh Allen want? And he's the franchise quarterback, and we don't know the conversations that are going on in that locker room between the head coach and the quarterback. We don't understand what's going on. And it suggests to me that while the numbers for Ken Dorsey were impressive, the feeling about him, and again, this is not based on reporting, it just suggests to me the feeling about him in that locker room because that's all that McDermott cares about. He doesn't care that me and Dan Orlovsky and Mina Kimes and Rex Ryan are up here like, oh, my gosh, he's so good. Why'd you fire him? He cares about how that locker room feels. And it seems like we saw how that locker room felt about the decision he made by the way that they showed up and the way that they performed. That that was one of the most impressive performances I thought of the weekend in that regard. So why don't we stay on that theme. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. With the Bengals horribly losing Joe Burrow for the year, that that happened after we were done on Friday, so we haven't had a chance to talk about it. But that I mean, it's awful news in so many ways, and it takes them completely out of the right. conversation. The Browns, with, with what they have at quarterback right now, I, I, I think I'm ready to take them out of the conversation. The Steelers are unimaginably awful. So when you look at the real teams you worry about in the AFC, show me the one Buffalo can't beat. Is it, is it Kansas City? Is it Baltimore? Is it Jacksonville? Is it Miami? I mean, those are the – who is it Buffalo – who is it you're telling me right now, well, the Bills can't possibly make this run all the way to the Super Bowl because they can't beat them? Well, I mean, every one of those teams that you listed ha- would have an argument. However, Miami got smoked by Buffalo when yep. they played them. Uh, if the game's in Buffalo, then obviously they got a chance against anybody. I just think on the road, it just seems like a different team. We've seen Jacksonville beat them. you got Baltimore playing extremely well. So, But, yeah, yeah they'll be in the conversation. Now, look, Greeny, we're going we're gonna to know – by the, by the way, the rest of their schedule out is unbelievable how difficult it's going to be. It is. So if they can weather that storm, get in the playoffs and get their healthy, uh, then yes, yeah. they'll have a chance. I think that your point is probably a fair one. We don't have to rush to judgment because, as Rex points out, they'll play some teams going forward. But in some ways, the Jets was the perfect team for them to play because their biggest questions were never about the offense. Their biggest questions were about all those defensive injuries, and they get to play the Jets who we know have a hard time putting points up. So we'll see how good their defense is, how much the Rizul Douglas addition makes, how much impact Oliver can continue to have. That's the real question. Can their defense hold up against these powerful offensive offenses? And the answer up until now has been no, so we'll see. For those who don't know what we're talking about, their next three games are at Eagles, at Chiefs, home Cowboys. Yep. 
If if they <laughs> that's a rough that's a rough run. Let's there, say that, let's say they go one and two, that makes them five hundred with three games to go. Then they get the Chargers at home. I like Buffalo in a big way in that. They get the Patriots. You love Buffalo with that. Then they go to Miami. They could be going to Miami sort of for their season, the last Sunday of the season, Rex. That, that's where this whole Ooh. thing could come down. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's a You place. like the Dolphins in that game. In Miami, you would like them at home? I like the Dolphins against anybody at home. And, and part of it is because you're going to be in that, that heat all day. And, and that's a, the biggest home field advantage to me is right there in Miami, just by the way the stadium's built. They mm-hmm. put – they put your team in the sun right. the entire game when, when their team's in the shade. And it makes a difference, especially in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. All right, Greeny with Rex and Dominique here. Uh, let's take a quick take on tonight's game. The way I always like to preview games is I always like to try and give the fans something to watch for at the beginning so they can say, okay, I'm going to sit down first quarter. What am I looking for that will tell me where the advantage is tonight, Rex? What specifically should a fan be watching early in the game that will give some indication of what to expect? I think it's going to be how successful Philly can run the ball. And if there's a weakness of this Kansas City defense, because quite honestly, they're playing, they're they're outstanding this year. They're ranked 31st in stopping the run, Mm. which I don't think anybody realizes. So to me, that's the weakness of Kansas City. Can Philly exploit it? All right, they're certainly built to, especially with the quarterback running game as well. Uh, but we'll see. I think Spagnuolo is going to have an answer for it. I really do. I, I trust in him as a coach. Um, but that's that's what I'm going to look uh, look for more than anything else in this game. So I would have them look at the Eagles' defensive line against the Chiefs' offensive line. The one time we've seen Patrick Mahomes seem mortal was in that Super Bowl against the Buccaneers when they made it clear that we need to address this offensive line, and they did. And they, they've held up, and they did well in the Super Bowl against them last year. He wasn't sacked with, I think, 34 dropbacks. Yeah. But the question is – now, without the weapons at receiver, without um, Patrick Mahomes is going to have to buy time to run the type of plays that he wants to run. And if he's going to be able to do that against that defensive line, which is incredible. They have so many great pass rushers. Their secondary has big names, but hasn't been all that effective. If you give Mahomes time, him and Rice and Kelsey are going to eat up that Eagles secondary. The question is, is that offensive line going to be able to hold up to give him that time? All right, we'll find out. Again, it is the game of the year tonight on ESPN and ABC and everywhere else. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Guys, you're the best. Thank you, Rex, Nick. A very happy Thanksgiving to both of you guys. Um, you know, when your families, I hope you enjoy. Rex, what do you do for Thanksgiving? What's on the agenda? I'm getting ready to go watch uh, my son in Detroit get after Green Bay and, and uh, move to 9-2. and two. Nice. I like that. Nick, yeah. what do you do for the we're We're holiday? hosting. We're hosting, and I'm frying a turkey, as I do every year, which is always a hit. I mean, I do everything well. What does that mean exactly? <laughs> <laughs> I, do everything well. I love when it. When you say frying a like, – like, I see these, these uh, videos yeah. on Instagram where people, like – you just get a big bat of a vat of boiling oil yeah, and you take just it out drop back. a turkey in it. Well, you don't drop it because you drop it, the oil will splash out, it'll touch the fire, and then you'll blow up and you'll end up in an emergency room. Okay. You got to make sure the turkey's dry because, again, the water combined with it will create a fire. So that's it. You got to have a nice turkey, brine it for a couple days, take it out, dry it, put some sticks of butter underneath the skin. Then you slowly dip it. First, before you do all of this, put some water in your pot and then drop the turkey in. 
And that'll tell you how much oil you need to put in to make sure that the water does not overflow. So then you take it out, you measure that, you put the right oil amount in, and then you do those other things and then slowly drop your turkey in. Make sure you do it outside. Greeny, any time I've ever hosted, it's easy. Go to Popeye's, get one in there. It's already made. All you got to do is put it in the oven. You heat it up there and you come out. Look at me kicking some serious butt, and it's oh, it's, it's no, it's no soul in that turkey though. You can't taste the soul in the Popeye's turkey. I, I put a little bit. You put enough red beans and rice with that turkey. <laughs> My goodness, it's good. Okay, holiday cooking <laughs> oh, tips uh, as we bring you everything, guys. I love you. Thank you both so much for doing this. My takes are next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. And as we barrel towards the holidays, another reminder, Got Your Number is the book that Hembo and I did this past year, and it is available now at a special price if you or someone in your life Enjoys reading about sports history and sports debate. Got your number pinned to the top of my Twitter page at ESPN Greeny. You will find a link. Click on there and order away. And we hope that you will enjoy for the holidays or any other time. Now, before I get into my takes from this week, I just think we cannot ignore the elephant in the room. Uh, The assembled members of the hashtag crew have assembled around me. That's Bubba and Cam in Bristol. And it is Hembo here in New York. And, gentlemen, last week we made fun of Hembo and the way he dresses. His own wife expressed embarrassment and shame at how poorly he dressed. And so today, as an Eagles fan, which I will grant him, he is, he's wearing a T-shirt that says, Go Taylor's Boyfriend's Brother. I like it. Cam, you like it. You're happy with the shirt. You think that looks good? I think it's a little wordy, but I like it. It's not a little wordy. Yeah, it's, I can't even really yeah. it's, read what's going on. It there. is a Jason Kelsey tribute t shirt done the most indirect manner that could possibly be done. And I understand it's meant to be ironically funny mm-hmm. that you're doing it because so many people are now just rooting for him 
although I would think that against Travis, they would not be rooting for him. So, frankly, the shirt doesn't make any sense at all. It makes lots of sense. How does it make sense? Well, it makes sense because I'm an Eagles fan, and this is a a fun way to demonstrate today that I'm rooting for them in the Kelsey Bowl and a way for me to not absorb the slings and arrows of your daily criticism for my wardrobe because, obviously, my wife picked this out. She ordered it from God knows where. Put it on the chair before we slept last night, and thus I'm wearing it. So here's what I would say. That is an excellent shirt to wear during the game. Mm. Like, I wear a jersey, although I'm going to stop now. I wear a jersey watching the Jet games and all that kind of stuff. Like, I could see you watching the game in that tonight. Maybe put your little twin girls in there, uh, Michelle and, and, you know, the other one. And, Mm. and, And I could see that, but I think wearing it to... Work today is a questionable choice. So you're, you, you like the shirt, but just not at work. Even though when Bubba wears his Cowboys jersey as often as he does, you never seem to have any criticism for him. See, if you were wearing a Jason Kelsey jersey, I would feel very differently about it. Bubba isn't trying to make some sort of third-generation Taylor Swift reference by wearing a Dak Prescott jersey. So if it was He's like Dak Prescott's sh- girl, uh, girlfriend's brother? Brother. I mean, whoever <laughs> it is, whatever connection you want to make to Dak Prescott, it can be made. You wouldn't have to do that. Bubba is just wearing a Dak. Is it Dak today or Micah? He's got the two up. He's got the Dak jersey. Dak, mm. yeah. Anyway, one way or another, I, I think, um, you know, as your wife once famously said, your wardrobe tends to distract us at least once a week on this show. And frankly, I, I think it's starting to become a problem. Yeah, I mean, today's only Monday, so we're one for one. <laughs> In 30 seconds, I will have my Week 11 takes, uh, which will take us all over the ballpark. But we'll start with this from Farm Fresh Christmas Trees. Get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees. Did you know that buying real Christmas trees helps save the American Christmas tree farming industry? For every 10 Christmas trees planted, an acre of land is saved, and so are American farmers' jobs. Plus, buying real Christmas trees helps keep real holiday memories alive while helping our environment. Buy real Christmas trees this holiday season at Lowe's or wherever Christmas trees are sold. Get more information online at GetRealKeepItReal.com. Greenies Takes. And here we go. Interesting Sunday in the National Football League yesterday. And let us take you through my top five observations one by one. Number five. How in the world did the Bears allow... Matt Eberflus to fly back with them from Detroit yesterday. They have never fired a coach midseason in the history of that organization, and they're obviously not going to. Because if you're not going to fire your coaches off that game yesterday, you're never going to. If you wanted to look up the definition of coaching not to lose and it costing you a game you had no business losing, that would be it. Now, the fans in Chicago are not going to be all that upset. I watched this game with a bunch of Bears fans, and they all had mixed feelings. Because obviously at this point, from a practical standpoint, losing games is probably the, the most probably the most beneficial thing you can do for the long term of your franchise. But still, when you're watching a game, you don't feel that way. You want to see them win. And they just handed a road win against the team that's going to win the division away. And so how they flew out of the state of Michigan with Matt Eberflus and without Jim Harbaugh, I will never know. They should have made a diversion. While that game was going on, someone should have been in an Uber to Ann Arbor and meet up with with Jim Harbaugh at the Brown Jug with a contract and say, I'm not leaving here until you come back with me. That's what they should have done. Uh, A couple numbers for you. The Bears had a 98.2% chance to win, up 12, with 4.20 to go. Um, 
According to NFL Next Gen Stats, this, is, this comes to his, uh, his fourth down decisions, which were basically all wrong. Uh, Eberflus made the wrong decision on three of the Bears' four field goal attempts, which cost his team nearly 10 points of win expectancy in the process. Yeah, I mean, you can't coach it. Look, I don't... Here, here, in that case, the analytics tell my story. And so that's great. They do. But my point is, even if the analytics had gone the other way, it would not have changed my mind. If you watch football... You know that guy coached his way out of a win yesterday. And I look, he's going to get fired. Rivera's. Got, I get all of that stuff, but I mean, as a fan, that was so frustrating to watch. And Justin Fields, I mean, you see the flashes. Now the Bears have to move on because they have to restart the clock on their quarterback decision. They have to. You can't have the first pick in this draft, which they're going to have because Carolina right now couldn't beat my high school. So. They're going to have the first pick in the draft. You have to take your pick of these quarterbacks. So they have to. And, and, and the primary reason is because Justin Fields is going to be in his fourth year. A decision on his contract is going to have to get made very soon. So they're going to take one. But I'm telling you right now, Justin Fields, if the circumstances work out right for him, he's going to be a really good player somewhere. It was just never going to be in Chicago. I mean, I think yesterday was... Candidly, best case scenario if you are a Bears fan because you lost the game and Justin Fields played great. I mean, Justin Fields yesterday against a good team rushed for 100 yards and had a passer rating of 100. That's a pretty lethal combo. I think if he plays well the second half of the season, you can get yourself a second round pick for him. You have two top five picks yourself. That's best case scenario for the Bears. This was... This was a win-win for as excruciating as it was having to watch it. I'd be happy this morning. Fair enough. Number four. What should Mike Tomlin do? I admire the loyalty, the steadfastness, the lack of jumping in whichever direction the wind blows that the Steelers organization has had. It has been said over and over and over again. They've only had three head coaches since 1969. And so when you are the pillar of stability, you generally don't do things like make major coaching staff changes during the season. But watching them play offense hurts it hurts your eyes it's it's excruciatingly bad to watch and you need to hear like Orlovsky and our guys um, breaking it down on television Orlovsky basically said today didn't basically he directly said they don't run an offense they just call plays they just call random plays hoping they will work they get the ball back with a chance at the end of that game they have three they don't throw one ball to George Pickens they're if I were them, I would look at what Buffalo did last week, and I would say, I'm making the coordinator change right now, and it can't get worse. This team is 6-4, and four, but they have no, they can't do anything. I would make the change if I were them. They actually can do one thing. They can run the ball, and for some reason, they're not majoring in it. I, I don't understand, for the life of me, why Pittsburgh threw the ball more than it ran the ball yesterday. When you consider they averaged 6.6 yards per carry, the break-even point for how for running the football 50-50 is like four to four and a half yards a carry. If you don't trust Kenny Pickett, which they clearly don't, based upon the way that they they, they call the plays, they call the pass plays, then just hand the ball off 40 times. If you're averaging six and a half yards of a, uh, a, a run, that's where they should major. Like that's the thing that I would be mad about if I were a Pittsburgh fan this morning. Is like this is the one thing we found this year that we're actually good at. So let's major in that next time. Greeny and the Hashtag Crew with you live, as always, from the Seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron, my top five takes from yesterday in the NFL. Number three. Are the Broncos making the playoffs? 
I think the answer is yes. The Broncos were one and five. They're now five and five. No one has paid any attention to it because when you're one and five, we just wanted to bury them. And they're so buryable. Like people want Sean. There are a lot of people that don't like Sean. A lot of people don't like Russell. And so they wanted to see them fail. There was more fun, I think, in people talking about their failures. And they gave up 70 points in a game. Since then, their defense has actually been excellent. Russell Wilson's numbers are outstanding. They've won four straight games. Hembo, talk to me. I know you have the numbers. And the Broncos could make a playoff run. Yeah, they've allowed 17 points a game uh, since Week 7, which is, which is tied for the best mark in the NFL. But if you think that the Broncos are going to make the playoffs, you can actually make some money if they do. ESPN Bet right now has the Broncos' playoff chances at 3-1. to one, And that kind of agrees with what uh, FPI has. We say they only have a 13% chance to get in. So the metrics aren't quite there. They have to go on the road and play C.J. Stroud, Justin Herbert, and Jared Goff consecutively. That's the str- uh, sort of stretch that will make or break their chances. I'm going to sort of withhold my optimism for Denver until I see it for a little bit longer. I don't think Russell Wilson's playing that well, and I don't think this is a top-10 defense, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass on that for now. Here's the only thing I'll tell you. I look at their schedule as a benefit. Hmm. They're about to play the Browns, who if you have any offense, you can beat them. Now, their defense is great, but they're, 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 their offense is ridiculous. Then they play the Chargers, who give away... Oh, excuse me. Then they play the Texans. Then they play the Chargers, who give away every game they play. They still have New England... They have the Chargers again, and they finish with the Raiders, who at that point will be playing out the string and playing for nothing. I, I, I think the Broncos... 5-2? and two? You think they're going to finish 5-2? and two? I don't think you have to finish 5-2. and two. You think you have to win 10 games to get in the AFC playoffs? I don't think so. I think you get to 9 and you're in. Who's winning all these games? You might be right. Someone has to win these games. (laughs) I I think they're going to win a bunch of them. Number two. All right, number two on my list of takes for this week is, I'm sorry, I just lost my place, the Commanders. They're a sad team to watch. Oh, my God. You know, I think I traced it all back to one moment, and I'm sure that's overstating, and I'm sure this doesn't have nearly as much to do with what has happened as I assigned to it. But was it week three this season? They had the Eagles on the ropes. On the ropes. Sam Howell drove them down the field in the final minute of regulation. They put together an unbelievable drive. They score a touchdown to go get within one point of the Eagles with time remaining. And all they had to do was go for the two, get it, win that game, and all of a sudden they serve notice. We are a team to be reckoned with in this division. And instead... They kicked the extra point, and afterwards, the coach said, my guys were gassed, man. My guys were gassed. We, we didn't have it in us to go for the two there, which is one of the worst decisions and then worst explanations for a decision I've ever heard. And that's when he went from being riverboat Ron to kayak Ron, life jacket Ron, this, whatever the safest thing you can possibly be is Ron. And I don't know, this is an overstatement, but they basically haven't looked like a team since. And they've traded away their good players, and yesterday they got obliterated by Tommy DeVito. So you tell me. So Washington sacked Tommy DeVito nine times in this game. Washington had 15 more first downs than the Giants and uh, 111 more yards than the Giants and managed to lose by 12 points. (laughs) That's really hard to do, but it's a lot easier if you turn the ball over six times. 
six times against that defense as they did. Yeah, uh, the last interception was just oh. unimaginably bad. All right, and that brings us to number one. Number one. You can lose the music. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I promised you last week, and I will not. This is not... Uh, not a show that is dictated by my whims. The Jets have hit rock bottom yesterday, and the end of the Zach Wilson era officially happened yesterday, which is to say that regardless of who they start Friday against the Dolphins, regardless of who they start for the meaningless string of games that they will play out the season with, the one decision that is clear is that next year they have to have a different backup. It doesn't matter who it is. But backup quarterbacks have become very valuable. Basically, every team in the NFL is going to need them to play. And Zach Wilson's terrible. He's just a terrible player. and He doesn't get it. He doesn't see anything. Now, could anyone have succeeded yesterday? Yesterday was a perfect storm of circumstances. The Bills were rallying around this firing and this bad loss and playing for their season and all of that stuff and had the revenge from week one, all that. They, the Jets were probably going to lose yesterday no matter what. And the Jets' offensive line is decimated beyond repair. No one could succeed behind it. Not Joe Namath, not, not, well, the Jets have no other legends. Aaron (laughs) Rodgers, no one. But Rex said it this morning, and he's right. The Jets are not that far away. The Jets need Rodgers to come back healthy next year, and they need to completely remake their offensive line. They just need to stop counting on guys who were always hurt. They went into the season counting on Dwayne Brown and Mekhi Becton, both, one of whom is 100 years old, and the other one whose body is 100 years old. He plays he, always hurt, and that is their undoing. So they can do that. They can figure that part of it out quickly. And in a league where backup quarterbacks are increasingly important, the Jets need a new one. Zach, Zach Wilson cannot be on this team next year, and that's it. That, that's really all there is to be said about the Jets today. Am I allowed to talk about the Bills? Yeah, sure. Because I think Josh Allen, like we're doing like the legacy update every week because if he throws three interceptions, we come on TV the next day and like talk about how bad he is. Josh Allen is ridiculously good. That's a really good defense still. He's the only quarterback to throw three touchdowns against the Jets uh, this season. He's up to 29 touchdowns this season, which is seven more than any other quarterback in the NFL. I know when they were at 5-5, five and five, a lot of us said, this is not a playoff team when you look at their schedule. And it still might not be. Their schedule is brutal. But they've got a top-five quarterback in the world right now, and yesterday was another example that we should not count that guy out no matter how many interceptions that he throws. You were aiming that directly at Evan, weren't you? Yes, directly. That, that, what you just said, you were speaking to an audience of one. <laughs> That's right. I should have just texted him that. But you're right. Look, Josh Allen, I said it last week, Josh Allen is Brett Favre reincarnate. And for anyone who's not old enough, like, Hembo, do you even remember Brett Favre at his best? Were you uh, old enough to Not assume? at his best. I no. missed his MVP season. Uh, but, but my, I mean, all through his career, he, 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 up until the end, was basically at his best. His last year was his only bad year. Mm-hmm. To, say, to compare someone to Brett Favre is the furthest thing you could possibly have from an insult. Brett Favre, at this point, if you're going to make a list of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, is probably somewhere in the range, I'm not doing it in my head, somewhere in the range of 12, like out of the hundreds of people, thousands of people who've played the position. He's an all-time great. There was just always the little caveat that if he could just get this one thing out, he would be the best player ever. And that's who I think Allen is destined to be. He's great. But I don't think you'll ever get – yesterday he didn't do it, but you will never get out of him the little things that make him merely 
the third best quarterback in the NFL at a given time instead of the best we've ever seen. I think I can give you a better comparison than Brett Favre. Go ahead. Aaron Judge. Here's what I mean. Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs in 2022. Broke the American League record as we know. And in that season, he struck out 175 times. Saying that Josh Allen should turn the ball over less is like saying Aaron Judge should strike out less. In reality, this is baked into the cake. All right? There, there, are, no, there are no agreements. There are only trade-offs. If you want Josh Allen to be the Hall of Fame talent that you just described, the Brett Favre-esque playmaker, then you just have to live with the other stuff. You have to live with Aaron Judge going one for 14 with nine strikeouts over the course of a three-game series because in the next series, he might hit five home runs and be the reason you sweep it. That's who Josh Allen is to me. I understand the point you're making. I, I think in modern baseball, it might be impossible to hit 60 home runs and not strike out all the time. I'm not convinced it's impossible to play the quarterback position without turning it over at the rate that Josh Allen does, but that's a different conversation. Coming up next, you will hear how a grown-up answers a tough question and then how one doesn't on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. You can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. There's nothing I enjoy more than when Hembo was put in his place, and that is going to happen right now. I just made a perfect analogy on this radio show about Josh Allen, how he is the Brett Favre of this generation. Hembo inexplicably said, I have a better analogy and compared him to a baseball player. Um, and I immediately got a text from Robert Stanberry Olney third. You know him as Buster, who wanted to comment on all of this. And so we will give him the floor. Buster, what did you think of the exchange that took place here? 
Yes, I thought the comparison to Favre was absolutely dead on because, as you described, when Favre played, as brilliant as he was, there was a little bit of crazy in his game. And I know this firsthand from that one year he was with the Vikings and he made it, he had a cause of turnover that essentially ended our season. Uh, he was mostly great, but he just had a little bit of that nuttiness to his game. And that's exactly what happens with Josh Allen. And that's not at all addressed, uh, Hembo, when you brought up Aaron Judge. You know, like you're talking about straight. No, that's not what Greeny sang. Greeny was dead on with a Favre comparison. You were dead wrong with the Aaron Judge comparison. What were you thinking? Buster, this is what I was thinking. All right, it's Monday morning. I'm on ESPN Radio. How in the world am I going to get baseball onto the show off a really jam-packed football Sunday? We got, we got a Super Bowl rematch today. This is my genius, Buster. I figured out a way to get baseball onto the show. Who cares how accurate the comparison is? We're talking about Aaron Judge during football season, Buster. It's embarrassing. <laughs> by the way, Hembo got annihilated by Yankee fans on social media all weekend. He brought it up here on the show last week, then he's tweeting about it all weekend long just to make people mad by saying the Yankees should trade Garrett Cole. Very quickly, Buster, is he right or wrong? He's dead wrong. I just had him taped with him on my podcast, and I, and I told him that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, he, the Yankees right now are, are, are never going to be a team that's going to punt. They haven't had a losing season in 30 years. They're going to be trying to add to turn the team around from the 84-win disaster of 2023. They're going to keep Garrett Cole, and they're going to add – other pitching this winter okay fair enough so now we understand why hembo you are not in the promo for buster's podcast uh, yes. despite your weekly appearance <laughs> he, he chooses to have multiple sound effects <laughs> rather than mention your name several bat cracks and we all understand why thank you robert see you guys all right see you later next order of business i'm sorry what, what, what? i'm sorry what what i'm sorry what I'm sorry, what? Brandon Staley is ridiculous. I I can't believe him. There was a part of me that, I'm just going to let you hear it, okay? So Brandon Staley's team, they lose another one of these ridiculous games. Brandon Staley, who was hired because of his defensive coaching prowess, that's what he was, was a defensive coach, comes to the Chargers. They have the second highest defensive payroll in the NFL. They have the second worst defense in the NFL. They've also lost 14 consecutive games that have been decided by three or fewer points since they drafted Justin Herbert. That is the most in the league over that span. We always say coaches make those difference in the margins, and that's where he's losing week after week. In the meantime, despite being the head coach, he continues to call the defensive signals. He was asked yesterday if that continues to be the plan after another horrible and heartbreaking loss and listen to how defensive the defensive coach is you guys act like we've never played good defense that's not the truth that's not the truth you act like we haven't made any improvements today there were a lot of other things that caused us to lose today it certainly wasn't our defense it was the way we played as a team okay we did this as a team stop making it about one unit because that's not what happened out there today our team lost and i am fully responsible for it and i take full responsibility but we lost as a team today, and that's the storyline. I have full confidence in our way of playing. Full confidence in myself as the play caller, in the way that we teach, in the way that we scheme. Full confidence in that. we got to bring this group together and do it consistently, okay? And that's where it's at. You can stop asking that question. I'm going to be calling the defenses, okay? So we're clear. So you don't have to ask that again. What the hell is he doing? Like, what is he talking about? A, it is a perfectly reasonable question to ask. B... 
the the defensive tone that he takes suggests that he is as sensitive to it as he is trying to pretend he's not. C, the defensive unit that he was just trying to defend at the beginning of that, he's completely throwing under the bus because he is saying, I'm completely confident in everything I'm doing about our defense. The only conclusion that one can extrapolate from that is the next sentence would be so go talk to those guys in that locker room they're not getting it done because everything I'm doing is exactly right how is that guy still the coach of that team I don't understand it look I don't like to sit here and say things like this but Matt Eberflus and Brand, Brand, uh, uh, Brandon Staley how can you own an NFL team watch what's going on and think to yourself this is the best we're capable of I can't fathom it and that meltdown that that little like infantile uh what's what what is it kids do throwing a a, tantrum tantrum, thank you is the word i was looking for it was embarrassing i was embarrassed listening to it yeah it was it also came across somehow as really condescending while being defensive because it's obvious like brandon with with all due respect like you've been there for three years you have the 30th ranked defense in that time You're, you're you're not getting better you have a lot of talent on that side of the ball they're highly paid there's no there's no way in which you can spin the data to say we've actually been good. And not only are you terrible there, but you're also wasting like a Hall of Fame talent quarterback. Like Justin Herbert is unbelievably good. I'll just give you one number, Greeny, to demonstrate how they're wasting his time. Yeah. So over the last three years, during the Brandon Staley era, Justin Herbert's QBR is 67 out of 100, which means all things being equal, you should win two-thirds of your games. Like that's what that means fundamentally. He's 23 and 21 during that time. So what I'm saying is, <laughs> Justin Herbert's playing well enough to win two-thirds of his games. The Chargers have won half of their games. The difference, of course, is the defense and the coaching, and the coach calls the defense. So, again, it would have taken some moxie to do it, but sitting there in that room, when he went through that whole thing, I have total confidence in this and total confidence in that, someone could have legitimately asked the question, why? Why do you have total confidence in this? There is zero evidence... That suggests it's going well. There is zero evidence that you're good at it or that what you're doing is working. So your confidence flies in the face of all of the data and information that has played its way into the game. And data seems to be his favorite thing. What a mess. I'll continue in a moment on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.